On today's show, LeBron James is extension eligible, but he should think twice before signing on with the Lakers for any more years. Plus, Draymond Green, to no one's surprise, has an opinion about comparing eras. All of that and more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Friday Locked On NBA, your daily podcast on the NBA. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Marez. We'll get to Draymond's thoughts on comparing eras here in a bit, but let's start with LeBron James, who, as of Thursday, is eligible to sign an extension worth up to two years, $97.1 million. That's 97.1 million reasons for LeBron to sign that extension. But, Adam, i got to be honest. I'm having a hard time other than that seeing why LeBron would sign that extension. Do you see any reason why LeBron should sign on with the Lakers for another couple of seasons? Well, the only reason I could say definitively is because in this era of player empowerment, it's very easy to sign an extension and then force a trade later. And if anybody can pull that <laughs> off, it's LeBron James himself, the one who started the movement uh, of doing such a thing. So I do imagine that there is a world in which you could, you know, you could get there. But I think this all comes down to what we all know. It's a story that's kind of still so far on the horizon that it hasn't quite picked up, you know, a ton of steam just yet. But we know that LeBron, it seems like his final goal. I mean, I'm sure he wants to win championships, but his final big goal is to play with his son, Bronny, Bronny who right. I believe can be eligible as early as two seasons from now which means which coincides with his Lakers contract being up. So I think there is something to him maybe looking at all options, but his primary focus about should I or should I not is I want to maintain maximum flexibility to play alongside Bronny when and if he's eligible to be drafted. So the problem with – you're right. Bronny is eligible to be drafted in 2024. This extension would, if he were to sign it, would carry him through 2024. Otherwise, he would be a free agent next summer. The problem is that the Lakers don't have a draft pick in 2024. They don't have a first-round <laughs> pick. They do have a second-round pick. And right now, Bronny is, what, a top 50 or 60 recruit. I don't really know if he'll be a first-round right. talent. I don't know if he'll be a second-round talent. I don't know if he's going to be an NBA player. He probably will be because he's LeBron's kid, and somebody will give him a shot. And obviously, if the idea is, hey, if you just got this guy, and then you got LeBron James, even at age 40 at that point, I, I think you would. it's still worth some sort of investment. But... The Lakers don't some have sort that of first investment is selling this short. If you have a chance as a team to draft LeBron James, not Bronny James, to draft right. LeBron James, you, I, they, I, like I said, this story's on the horizon. We talked about it two years ago. Whenever LeBron first brought it up, and it was like, okay, that's so far yeah. away. We'll see. But we're getting a little bit closer, and now you can look at it and realistically say, if it were today, if if if. If Bronny was eligible to be drafted now and he was projected to be this 50th pick, second round, late second rounder, he honestly might go 10. He might go 12. Right. Because if it again, means getting LeBron. You're getting LeBron James for a few years. And, you know, you yeah. have your lottery teams that aren't close to, to winning your, your top three pick type teams. That usually they're not one LeBron away from contending. But usually by pick eight, nine, and 10, you got teams that are pretty good that are saying, you know what? We are one LeBron away from a contention. Maybe this is where we waste a draft pick, but we get LeBron. Yeah, it's not quite as simple as, hey, you just draft LeBron James or just getting LeBron because you do have to clear requisite cap space, right? And if you're that kind of team, you would probably have to have some sort of cap space to sign him. Or if you're trading for him, then you have to 
trade some some players right and and, and so it's not but but you're right it, I, I think if you're any team with any sort of sights on LeBron James you're kind of preparing to take Bronny probably in the first round and that kind of brings us back to LeBron's extension because that's it, it look it is sort of far away and it kind of feels like fantasy land right now but if you're LeBron James and your goal your final goal like you said is is to play with your son it has to factor right. into your decision right. here about whether or not you will pick up this extension by a hundred percent. I honestly think it's probably the primary thing. And by the way, mm. I, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, Wes, but it's not a certainty that Bronny will be in the 2024 draft. He, I think he's naturally in the 2025 draft, yes. but most people anticipate that, that they will lower the age limit over in the next two years, which would yeah. move him up and become eligible sooner. But here's the thing. You just said you have to clear requisite cap space. LeBron will be 40 years old or, you know, right, right. Knocking on 40 year old door. Oh, I, see I, I project that he'll still be good. I mean, he's he still looks great. You know, at his best, he still has something to offer. He's still like he's a just scored 30 points a game. I mean, yeah, exactly. he just scored 30 <laughs> a game. So let's say he falls off and he's only averaging 22, 23 a game. You're still talking about a guy that'll be worth a max or close to it. But this is the old this is why this story is so interesting. What is the value of LeBron playing with his son? Because I do foresee a scenario where he joins a middle middling team, say a Minnesota Timberwolves this year. They have their pieces in place. They take Bronny. They don't have cap space for max contract LeBron. They don't even have a ton. Maybe they only have $8 million to offer him, like a, a, a mid-level right. exception money. The question becomes, what is more important to you, LeBron James, playing with Bronny in Minnesota and being there for him? Maybe you get a three-year, you know, $24 million deal. It's not great, but you guarantee that you get to be there for his entire rookie-scale contract and kind of foster him along. I kind of foresee that this is how it's going to play out. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not going to pretend to know what LeBron wants to do, but based on oh, everything course. that he's said and and sort of reading the tea leaves here, I'm with you. He This is somebody who has taken less money to play with people he's wanted to play with in the past, and those people have right. not been blood-related to him, right? And, <laughs> right, and, right, and, right. and so I, I, I think that that's definitely a possibility. The other part of this, too, is if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're already kind of ready with this cap space. You're, part, you're kind of already no way, man. and ready to go. What a story would come it be on, for LeBron man. to come back, come on, man. Come back to Cleveland. With, no and way. now, hey, I'm bringing my son along for the ride. That would be so, wild. Here's the here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I, I, we know the ownership in, in Cleveland. We know that it's not exactly they're excited to be back with LeBron. Like, when and if they retire his jersey, I imagine it'll be an awkward ceremony. Right. Do you really want not only to bring LeBron back, but to bring Bronny back, which means you're tied to LeBron again for an extended period of time. And by the way, to your point, they have a good young team. So yeah. it's not the risk of, oh, we're going to bring LeBron back. And now it's all about him. And by the way, we've got Mobley and Garland. we got all these good players, good young players. I don't see it. I would actually, it's funny. We can start to rule out some teams. And Cleveland's one of the teams I just kind of say. Uh, I, won't, I won't go there with you. I No, no. Wow. I, I, look, I, logically, you make all the sense in the world. I'm 100% with you. Logically, I'm 100%. But if LeBron James, Come on, the son man. of Cleveland, goes to Dan Gilbert and was like, I want to play for you, he's not going to say no. I'll, you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when well, I see it. I, I, I sales mean, alone is worth it. <laughs> that's true. There is, it does come down to a lot of money. And, 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 but I, and I'm you're selling not you just that. one LeBron James jersey. You're selling the Bronny and the LeBron yeah. jerseys. You, That's imagine, true. just imagine the campaigns that they could do around that. I mean, it, it's it's printing yeah. dollar bills. Well, let me say this. It's not going to be Miami. 
that's another one I'm going to rule out. I don't okay. foresee a situation where Pat Riley is, says, like, you no. know what? Let's do this again. Like, I think that is a bridge that he was... went down this road with Shabazz Napier once before. He's not doing it again. <laughs> Shabazz Napier. That's right. I forgot about Shout that out draft Shabazz pick. Napier. Um, it, it is funny, though. Like, I, I honestly do think it's going to be a scenario where it is a middling team. I don't, if you're a bad team, I don't see a yeah. team doing it. If you're too good of a team, you're not probably not going to have a chance or, or whatever. I do see it being a team like where Minnesota is now. I'm not saying it will be them two years from now who, who can predict that far where teams will be, but a team that's sort of in that Minnesota bubble, seven, eight seed on, you know, on the upswing, but they're not, nobody's picking them to win a title, but Oh, if you've got LeBron, now we're picking you to win the title. I just, yeah. I think that that's where this lies. And that's probably somebody that's picking between 10 and 20 in the draft. And that's what'll make that fascinating, but it all comes back to you the know, extension talk. And it's why it's so important is right now is a little bit of a window into how that is going to play out. You know, what kind of projects as a middling team. Who's that? Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> I, it, I'm very <laughs> curious to see how this plays out for the Lakers. I'm very curious to see how the LeBron era sort of comes yeah. to a conclusion because it has not been a great era, although you oh. won a championship. So you would say yeah. it was worth it. But it doesn't. The other years have been so bad, and the, and this Russell Westbrook thing is such a mess. I'm with you. I I think it is really important. I think we almost get in trouble in media, kind of being like, "Oh, you talk too much Lakers. You talk too much Lakers." I don't know. I think it's a little warranted at this point. We have arguably the second greatest player, greatest player of all time right now, right. sort of just twiddling his thumbs away. This is the last right. couple of years of his prime here, and what waiting on his son to get into the NBA? It, it just seems. seems it just seems so strange. These are the last few years that could really kind of determine how we remember this great player a little in, in some way, shape, or fashion. And I'm just like, what? He's really just going to be barely in the play-in again? Like, what? You're really just going to bring this thing back with Russell Westbrook and a new head coach? I just all of this stuff factors in, not just the Bronny thing. But what does this team look like? And I go, I go back to my initial question: If you're LeBron, what reason do you have to sign this extension? Because you have no faith right now. In the Lakers, well, they yeah. can put together a championship I team. I think that's got to be – if Bronny is 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 your number one goal, I do think competing for championships, at the very least competing for them, has to be another goal. You can't do this again, right? You can't just do what you just did again. I think LeBron still – LeBron probably one of those players that always believes they can win a, t a title. You know, he's so good that your mm. team's always going to have a chance and you make a right move and, and things come together. Who knows? But I will say, I do think that he, more so than anybody else – rightfully has in a second motive that is, Hey, can I get my son there? Like if you ask me as a father, if I were in his shoes, could I say like, what would you pick a championship, a fifth championship or the ability to give your son the best chance to sort of not just carry on your legacy, but for his sake, just, just to allow your son the best opportunity to make it on his own. Easiest call of my life. I'd say, you know what? Championship yeah. would be nice, but I'm going to go over here and do this one. And I imagine LeBron's in the same boat. And that's why this, negotiation between and, and it's already been weird the lakers and lebron yeah. this negotiation is funny and by the way the reports today what, what what was the phrasing that came out about it that they made good progress or something like that it right was, um so it was it was one of those things that comes out where you're kind of like that doesn't that doesn't mean anything hold on there was right. a good you know like feel good about it or something one like of those that. fake report reports yeah yeah it's, it's just like sort of a, a non not fake but a non-report report Oh, it was productive. Um, that was it's even better terminology. Ooh, productive. What great. does that mean? There was progress, or it's weird. just like we learned there wasn't progress. We don't know. <laughs> right. It was productive. We produced productive. something. Yeah. You just that something is nothing right now. Um yeah. if I'm LeBron, I don't sign this extension. Period. End of story. Right. I leave the flexibility open. That's it. I agree. Um, all right.
Draymond Green had something to say. Again, what a shocking surprise there <laughs> uh, about <laughs> comparing eras, which I guess we're in the NBA part, the, the part of the NBA calendar where we do this now is talk about comparing eras. We'll talk about what Draymond Green had to say and give our thoughts coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And you better believe it, they will have odds on LeBron James and Bronny James within the next couple of years. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From in-game live betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, back here, Locked On NBA. You can find us on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's discuss Draymond's thoughts on comparing eras. Uh, this is the Hot Debate Thursday with Draymond Green talking with Kyle Kuzma on his podcast. Said of comparing eras, quote, Can you compare AOL to high-speed internet today? Mm. Was AOL great when we used it? Yeah. Kyle Kuzma responded, yes. Is the internet great? <laughs> Kyle Kuzma <laughs> responded, it's great. Kyle Kuzma it's never great. used AOL. He's too I, young. You know he, did not use, he did not use Draymond, AOL. Draymond asked him and he said yes and i oh. did the same math in my head that you just did there's no yeah. way kyle kuzma there's no way, man. he was like no dial way. up it's like cool you read a book once yeah <laughs> there's no way he used aol man I, i'm no. telling you that was i aol instant messenger went away in like 2002 2003 i was my freshman year of college is how i remember it but the disc aol that you put in and then it dialed up like come on man that was in sixth grade when that one was out there's kuzma yeah. wasn't even born yet yeah kuzma doesn't know a world before instagram <laughs> His whole world is Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And end of the quote: Just because the internet is great doesn't mean AL was AOL wasn't great when it was being used. What are your thoughts on Draymond's analogy there? Here's my first thought on it: Is I, you know, Draymond is entering the media sphere, and this summer is the most interesting portion of it because he was great during the playoffs. I thought he was great for most part of the season, but now you're at the part of the season we know so well. You got to talk about something, and there's nothing to go. So where are you going to go to? And here's what I love. Based on the metaphor he gave of AOL, which I would give it B minus B, it's good. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's right. coherent. It's all right. Yeah. It's solid. I, you know, but it's not perfect. It's not like no. that. He could have done a little better. I imagine him practicing different ones. I imagine he practiced a couple different ones. Maybe he used automobiles. You know, maybe he used car. You know what? Or I'm with you. I think I think Draymond did what we all do, where you're just sort of sitting around talking with your buddies, and you think of something, and you're like, you know what? It's kind of like comparing AOL. Yeah. High speed dial up, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna yeah, use yeah. that. That's a really good idea. And you're just like, you're chewing at the bit, just waiting yeah. for a week from now when it's Thursday night, and you and I are doing locked NBA. It's like, hey, here's my take. Here it is, man. It. I had this one ready for you. <laughs> so I think he's kind of doing this. Here's what I will say: a week ago, Green or two weeks ago, was comparing eras. He was comparing the yes. '96 Bulls and the Warriors, so he was kind of dipping a toe in here. But I want to be fair to Draymond. You know this. I love Draymond Green. I love his yeah. podcast. I'm pro. Draymond he's doing even though I don't think it's perfect and I think he's finding that is more difficult than he thinks but here you know here's where I come down on it he dipped his toe into the water and realized what a slippery slope this is because I believe when he was comparing a few weeks ago the Warriors and the Bulls he was trying to explain why comparing across eras is difficult that was the mm -hmm. first point he was making but yeah. it's so hard to stay there 
and not slide into, but we're better. But right. like, right. you know, like, hey, here's why this conversation has context. But I kind of also want to play the game that everybody else plays because it's fun. Right. And also basically saying the Bulls are AOL <laughs> is still like I, I, I purposely, Adam, gave the entire quote because the one that's going to make most of the, the news cycle is you can't compare AOL to high speed Internet. Right. And that's not the full context of the quote. But in but that just that will be right, what you hear right. on ESPN. That will be the soundbite. Right, and that's right. going to be basically saying the Bulls were AOL, we're high speed Internet. And that's going to be sort of portrayed as a diss to the to the bulls and and whatever to to the plumbers and the firemen etc but it's 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 not but also you're right like this draymond green thing with the comparing eras it feels like he's been trying to not and but also is at the same time comparing the eras i'm just can i be honest man it's such a dumb conversation this is the <laughs> dumbest thing and no other like the NFL doesn't do this. Like nobody who covers Major League Baseball is like, well, Babe Ruth would have been fine. Like we all recognize Babe Ruth right, was right. not gonna be hitting ninety-eight mile an hour fast. Like right it, it's all about yeah. If you had a time machine and you just transported them, like yes, it's different. If you say players born differently or you know born later, obviously with the advantages of modern technology right. and and information or whatever. But here's where. But here's the thing, Wes, because I this is what I think is interesting about this conversation, and this is where I'm sympathetic to Draymond and what he's trying to do, even if he's being lured into the thing he's trying not to do, is basketball screwed up under David Stern and Michael Jordan in one way. They created the myth of GOAT. And Michael mm -hmm. Jordan, for reasons that were largely financial, Gatorade, Nike, Nike, all these people came in and said, we know how to sell this. He is the greatest that ever was and ever will be. And that became the story of, of basketball. The game of basketball became the myth of GOAT. And I think that what it should be and what it is most healthy is when we talk about standing on the shoulders of literal giants, right. every generation standing on the one before it, catching, grabbing the baton, elevating it to new heights is what we're talking about. When we talk about elevating to new heights, we are admitting a betterness, not necessarily a greaterness, but a betterness right. to this. And we're understanding where that dynamic happens. Michael Jordan was the one. And again, it's not his fault. I mean, he just came and existed. And every, Nike and Gatorade and David Stern propped up this story. But ever since then, it has become the conflict of error. Like, no, there is this permanence that exists and we can cross yeah. this. There's no baton being handed off from Michael Jordan to Kobe right. Bryant to LeBron James. It's a competition with the ghosts of the past. And look, it, it they were different games, but they were such different games in a way that I almost feel like we're comparing different sports. There for wasn't sure. a three-point line right, like, right. for most like for a huge part of Larry Bird's career. And people right. are wondering if Larry Bird like Larry Bird would have been an awesome three-point shooter. He just didn't have a three-point line for a, right. a, the, the right. start of his career. Uh, but it's just it's just weird things that we get into these hypotheticals like, well, could this player have existed in, in, this, in today? Like, could Bob Cousy have existed? Like, I don't know. Right. Bob Cousy was awesome when he was playing. And I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it's just this weird hypothetical where we're trying to figure out what this player would have done in this era and this era would have done this. And it's just like these are two different sports, man. Like they're just they're different games completely. It's like drop like Draymond Green. What would you have done in, in football? It's like that to me. If you were in the NFL, what would you look like? I don't know. That's as worthwhile a conversation as this right. stuff is. But, but the reason and, I, and what it, Yeah. But the reason I think this is fair though, and I think that it is a good conversation again, is because there is something important about what are you doing and does it have staying power? And the yes. staying power is not as in I am better than the people that will precede me. Right. In some sort of hypothetical time machine one-on-one. -on -one. 
What it more right. is, is I am taking from what they did and I am adding my stamp to the game and future yes. generations are going to be able to draw from all of it. 50 years from now, they will draw from two or three more generations than the players are drawing on now. The same way the players now are drawing on from two or three more generations than in Michael's era or Magic and, and Bird's era. And I think that's a beautiful story that creates synergy and makes everybody feel connected to the game that played. But what do we have now? Largely every generation fighting with the ones before right. and after them for reasons that I, I just think are so silly. Right. And if you're Draymond Green and you're basically saying like, wait, hey, we would have knocked the socks off of the 90 Bulls or whatever it was, it, it, it doesn't tell that story. You're, you're right. Like it should be. Well, listen, man, without the Michael Jordan Bulls, without right. that, without those two three peats, without basically the game evolving, you would have never gotten to a place where Steve Kerr, who played for Michael Jordan's Bulls, right, would have gotten you into position to be small ball center Draymond Green and everything that we know right. of you to be today. If you, we were to drop Draymond Green into the, the 70s, you're not doing this small ball stuff because right. it wouldn't have existed. And you're and, and part of this is the evolution of the game. And so and JJ Redick, the same thing when he's talking about firemen and plumbers, man, like, look, the only reason you're in the NBA is because you're really good at making threes. And maybe we don't have a three point line. You know, if you would have been in the league 40 years ago, it just it should be building. It's funny, too, when you go so many years without a specific move, like a crossover, you know, like we think of the crossover as a given, like everybody works on a cross. There was a moment in time when players maybe had a right to left dribble, but they didn't have the crossover, you know, the the mechanics of how you get it. And somebody does it. Everybody copies it. And all of a sudden now a Euro step, you know, 30 years ago, Euro step, you didn't know what it was. Once it becomes a thing, everybody stands on the shoulders of the yeah. ones that made that, and now it's a part of our game. It, it grew the game to new heights, and to me, that's why it's again not greatness. It's it's are you better? But it's you're only better because you had the experience to draw on. And here's my last point on this one: I think that we had Michael Jordan, we had Kobe Bryant, we had LeBron James, and out of the package, we started asking, are they the greatest of all time? I think right now, nobody's really talking about Giannis or Luka as potentially the greatest players of all time. Thank God. Maybe eventually we will get to that point where we start to – the new players coming in. Are, are they the next yeah. greatest or what have you? But in the absence of a next can't miss, this is the story, we get who is the greatest of right now. Not the greatest of all time, but the greatest right. of right now. And what do we talk about every single week throughout the season? Who's the MVP? Because we can't talk about who's – is he going to be the greatest ever? We have to de- – reduce it down to who's the greatest right now. And it's equally as mis misguided. Yeah. My, my only point on this too is, and, and because the hypothetical proposition of trying to compare players from different eras is so difficult and it is because they're, they are, the rules are different and things, there's so many different things instead of comparing players, because I think when we compare the players and we kind of try to do this whole thing of comparing eras where you're like dropping in players into different kind of parts of the league's history, just compare resumes. I think what we, instead of comparing players, we should be comparing resumes. And that's sort of like, okay, you just do the job that's in front of you. And whoever was the best at doing the job that was in front of them, that's where we're at. And that's why guys like Michael Jordan, when we start talking, and that's really what the debate comes down to. Are we really arguing between MJ and LeBron who would win one-on-one? Not right, really. Right, right. I think yeah, we kind of yeah. know who would win one on one. But right. when you look, but it always comes back down to the resume with Michael Jordan, right? It's, hey, six and oh, man, done deal. Right. Like right. that's the resume. And for some reason, we do it at the, the very highest level. But we don't really do it across the rest of the spectrum of like the top players of all time. I don't know. Draymond's going to fall into this trap again, though. I promise you. This is what's so funny about it. He's now in this where it's yeah. so easy to start talking about it and stay in the lanes. 
But it's even easier that once you're there, just to be called. The Every- sirens, they they lure you right. Everybody wants to have a podcast until it's the off season, <laughs> and then you're doing it on Thursday night, August fourth, and you've got nothing else to talk about other than what Draymond Green had to say. Uh, talk. Speaking of other things to talk about, we are going to give our list, our rankings of the players who we think could make their first All Star game next season. That's coming up after the break. This is Locked On NBA. Back here, Locked On NBA, Wes Goldberg with Adam Marez. Uh, talked about LeBron James's potential extension, Draymond Green's comments on comparing eras. But it's Friday, Adam, and that means we are counting down to the weekend. And as always, here to end the show, we have our top five list. And today, we're going with our five players who are most likely to make their first All-Star game this upcoming season. Adam, I'm going to start us off with the most obvious one. But it might be also the most exciting one. Kermit, I mean, Anthony Edwards, Adam, is who I'm going with. I mean, that, Man. you know, I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. I had to start with him. <laughs> so here's, here's the, because th- I think it's a great, it's, it's a good one. It's a good guess. It's a good, good, you know, person for this list. Somebody has to sacrifice. Rudy Gobert is a star. I mean, whatever, think of what you will of him. Carl Anthony Towns is a star. Anthony Edwards is a star. D'Angelo Russell is like a fringe star, you know, sub star, but, but very good. Somebody on that team is going to have to sacrifice in ways we don't fully see. And I'm not sure Anthony Edwards might, he might be the guy that ends up not because he's wants to sacrifice, but just, it just happens. Like, where does the ball go? Where does it find itself? You've got two bigs. Is the spacing going to be great? Maybe it is, but that's my only thing about Anthony Edwards. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be a great scorer and this might be the year he takes the leap, but it might also be the year that he has to young players are trying to solve the game and figure it out. The game just changed right from under his feet. Yeah. Most of what he's learned to this point is probably going to change this season. He's going to have to learn new lessons. So that's my only hedge against Anthony Edwards. Look, I mean, there, there's only one basketball, and I can't believe we're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves in this regard. <laughs> but here's that's where we're at, man. Too many stars. <laughs> Too many stars for the Timberwolves. Um, my other guy is uh, Evan Mobley, right? Ooh, that's a good one. <sighs> he's he's so good, good, man. He's so good. Everybody loves him. He's got like a really high, uh, uh, just like sort of popularity rating, approval rating. That kind of stuff matters. I the the Cavaliers fans do come out and vote for their dudes. We saw that with Garland last year. They come out, man. They do a good job. And and it's not like it would be unwarranted. He's a really good player. This is somebody who could be up for multiple awards next season. Like defensive player of the year is a possibility for him. Like at least maybe not, probably not to win it, but at least to be in that conversation. Um, all defensive team. He's part. Of, he's probably going to be part of that conversation as long as health is providing. All star game. That's potentially there for him. Yeah, this one. So I'm trying to go through and look at who is kind of a lock in the Eastern Conference in the front court because you have Joel Embiid, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah. you got Bam Adebayo, who I think is pretty close to a lock. You, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's always in that conversation. He's going to have to overtake him. Um, it's there's not a ton of openings. There's definitely he's good enough. There's there are some opportunities, but there's not a ton, and that's the only thing I'm looking at. Is is there going to be an opportunity? Yeah. for him Sabonis there? is on the West Coast now. I mean, think of what you want Sabonis, but he's a two time All Star. Like that's that's a spot that's not there. Tatum, Middleton. Tatum. Last year was Jared Allen, like his teammate. So yeah, maybe he take that's the spot he takes. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine Jared, Jared Allen Durant and Evan Mobley both making it, but two Cavaliers yeah. made it last year too. So I don't know, but uh, <laughs> true. Who knows. Uh, I think this next one's going to surprise you. Oh, no. But I feel really good about it. 
I'm going to show my homerism here a little bit. Tyler oh. Hero. Oh, my gosh. All right. 20 point per game score, sixth man of the year. In a bunch of trade rumors, but right now still on the Miami Heat. Yeah. I think he's got the inside track on starting next year. If he's the starting, starting next year. Yeah. Starting. Yes. Starting There's shooting guard. There's three players that are currently a lock for next year starting. There's three players. No, no, Joel I'm sorry. Embiid. Starting for the Heat. Starting for the Heat. Oh, 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 got you. I was like, my God, man. What are we talking about here? <laughs> wow. What a leap. He's going to score 30 points a game next year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no. Starting for the Heat, which is going to erase that, oh, you're only doing yeah, it yeah. against bench players thing. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be a 20-point-per-game score as a starter, starting shooting guard for the Heat next year. And that, that could be – and if you're a top-four seed, that's – yeah, that's, that's a logical way to get into the All-Star game. So you got Jimmy Butler penciled in. So you think yes. there's a second Miami Heat player that comes in, and they're going to be taking, you know, is it Zach? I got three Levine, of them, Adam. Harden. You already mentioned Bam. <laughs> you got Bam. <laughs> LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland. Like, yeah, this one I don't know if I – I don't see this one. I don't see this one. I think there's a chance, but this one I would bet against. Uh, agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> so I'm split here. These are two really good guards playing for two really bad teams. Okay. Who do you think oh, man, I love it. I love it. I already know where you're going, I think, with one of them. And it was my lock. Tell me. I want to hear your list. You're going okay. to bring it up right now. It's these two guys. Cade Cunningham or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? You got well, you got you got the guy. Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah. to me is an all-star caliber player, and he yeah. was last season. What happened? They just didn't play him. He was too they good. Well, and they stink. I just it's really hard to be in all to be, get on the all-star team when your team wins four games a year. And it it's just it it is. Is that gonna historically. happen this year though? Honest question. Like Oklahoma City, I don't think is making the playoffs. And the team I think they'll be better. That's my point. Is I that's think why I have them on the list. Good enough that they'll be in that. Yeah. I think when the all-star voting closes, Oklahoma City will be close enough to the 10 seed to be mm. like, hey, they might be in the play-in and, and yeah, yeah. Like, they'll be close enough. Maybe they're in the 10 seed at that point. And the reason they will be there, the reason I think they'll be there is because of Shea Gilgis Alexander. I honestly think when we start to stack him up against some of these other, you know, next guard, the guards that are in the next class, the Darius Garland. So there's that. Shea's my guy. That's Shea. I like yeah. you talk about De'Aaron Fox and, and Colin Sexton and, and Darius Garland. No, Shea Gilgis Alexander to me has the full package of talents. Yeah. You know, the, the length and the defense and the passing and the scoring and the getting to the basket. He he is a star in hiding and i think this year he comes yeah. out hiding 23 points per game two seasons ago 24 <laughs> points per game last season he's really uh, good i'm all in on the shea wagon with you man yeah. uh I, I i like his chances they, and and that's a good point you made the playing tournament's the best thing to happen to him because now you just got to be sort of in the mix by right. all-star break you just got to be in it you just be like all right can can they do it all right that's good enough for us let's finally vote him in i'm right. with you i should probably have shea higher on the list um, but, yeah. I, but I, I think won't. he's I'm to me Tyler he's Ryan. a lock. I think I think or not a lock because we'll see how they use him. But to me he is a lock to be one of the most talented guards just in the West and yes. to make it. There's just a lot of guards in the West is the problem. Um, but uh, moving on down the list, the next one I, I I could just go Cade Cunningham here and that logically makes sense. But I just want to throw another name out there for fun. Scotty yeah. Barnes. Yeah, I like it. I'm with it. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Barnes. For, the 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 argument here is simple. Toronto's going to be good next year. Scotty yeah. Barnes, awesome. That's the argument. <laughs> it's a good argument. <laughs> I think I, I, I like him. Man, do I like his chances at an All Star more than Cade? Cade does more All Starry things, so yeah. I think that might be why. But I think Scotty Barnes might be my favorite player of the two. 
Ooh, toughy. A toughy. The other thing, Scotty Barnes is going to be playing for a winning team. We don't think yeah. the Pistons are going to be very good. Next I agree. Year. Yeah, that's a good point. Like Cade is like maybe an SGA on that sort of same path where it's just not, you know, you're playing for a losing team. It's just hard. Two honorable mentions for you. De'Aaron okay. Fox is yet to make an all-star team. Just thought it was worth a mention. Him I love Simone it because nice chemistry. The, the Kings are sneaky good. They're not, I don't think they're good. Like for him to make it, they need to be like a six seed at that time. They need to be in the playoffs to have, Probably. I think to have a chance. There's a chance that happens. I mean, I don't know. I'm not counting on it, but. There's a chance. That's a good team. RJ Barrett? Uh, well, 20 so, point per game score. Jalen Brunson kind of taking the playmaking duties off of him. Can he just focus on scoring a little bit? It's New York. You ostensibly get the voting backing there. I don't know. I thought it was I love a mention. I, I think him and Jalen Brunson both deserve mention. It's funny to say Jalen Brunson, but I think he deserves a mention oh, yeah. too. Only because, one, you get the New York voting block. Mm-hmm. You get the, like, CAA ESPN connection where, like, right. they're going to be pushing for Knicks players anyway. Like, that's just the thing that's going to happen. And now the question becomes, is it R.J. Barrett because he's the better, you know, like, again, more of an all-star type player. He does a lot of different types of things. He kind of has right. the look. Um, he has the reputation of a guy that people expected to be a star, whereas Jalen Brunson has surprised people by being as good as he has been. Or does it go to Jalen Brunson if that team is good? And then you think, well, what changed? Only one thing changed, and it's him. It must be he gets all of the credit for it. So I think one of those two guys is an all-star next year. For for the seventh-seeded New York Knicks. <laughs> good for the Knicks, man. The, the come up is real. Good for you guys. <laughs> Stay Being strong, Knicks Nation. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam's over at Locked on Nuggets. Thank you so much for making Locked on NBA your first listen 